0: So uh, this past week, I got a phone call from someone who attends Christ Church, and they said, um, hey, I'd like like to, to do something, propose something. I don't know whether you're interested or not. He said, but I have decided, okay, you're sort of lobbying, and I've decided I'm going all in. Uh, you, want, you want me to pursue God, so this will be the year. I am going to pursue God. I'm going to be zealous. It, it, this is, it works out for me this year. I am going to do what you say. I'm going to pray. I'm going to study the Bible. I'm going to serve. I will go all in, and, and, and you can coach me. And he said, and then what we can do is we can, uh, we can have a, a little like documentary of this. And, and, and we, can, we can sort of keep a journal and maybe a video documentary of the changes that will take place. So he said, so are you, are you interested in that? And I said, well, wow, um, I'm excited to hear that you want to pursue God. God bless you. That's good news. And God will honor that. That is, that is great. That is wonderful. I said, um, so I want to encourage you, but uh, I've I got to turn a few dials here. I said, so just for the record, what you're describing sounds very religious, you're going to do a bunch of things so you're going to you're going to pray and you're going to you're going to muscle through this and you're going to do go to church and you're going to, and when you do all these things then God is going to bless you and the things that you're hoping are going to work out are all going to work out and we're going to document that. I said, "Okay, well that's sort of religion 101. It's not necessarily the gospel." So uh, I will push back there and said, and then the one year thing is, um, eh, that's curious. I said, I'm sort of trying to imagine, uh, if you offered that kind of an arrangement, for instance, to a woman, and you said, you know what? For the next year, I am in. I will be zealous. I will love you. I will pursue you. I will do. Now we know, we both know I can't keep it up, but for one year, I am in. I said, um, I'm not sure that really work. So we talked some more, and I tried to offer some encouragement around certain things. What I didn't say to him, but I could have, is one of the reasons I know this isn't going to work is because I've done it, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah, okay, I'm serious this time, I'm serious this time. And the second reason, the uh, second thing I could have said to him was, um, you're not alone. I, uh, I was in a conversation a little while ago with a Younger guy, and he said, uh, look, I'm, I'm really disappointed at, at the college that I'm at, uh, with the commitment of the Christian students there." And he said, "So I'm, I'm tired of this lukewarm Christianity. I am calling the question, and I am organizing, uh, I'm, I'm organizing a a prayer revival thrust." And he says, "We're going to kick it off with a forty day fast." And he said, "I am, I am calling the question. I want people to be serious." And he said, so will you help me? And I said, wow, God bless you. I love your zeal. I love your energy. I love your passion. And God is going to honor your heart and your desire. I got a couple issues here that we got to talk about. I said, it feels a little about you, a little about I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I like some of that, but I'm a little nervous. And I said, and the whole 40-day fast thing, uh, on a college campus where a number of students have already got eating disorders, yeah, I don't think I can, I I can't help you with that one. But let's keep talking about what the way forward looks like. So that is the series, the way forward. It is based on a few ideas. One, that we want to get better. Uh, I, I want to get better. I want to have more of the fruit of the Spirit in in my life. I want to be more like Christ. More love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, more wisdom, more more, more of Christ. I want to be more like Jesus and be better. And so it's based on the idea that we want to get better. Secondly, it's based on the idea that we can get better. Right? That we can improve, we can grow, we can take steps forward. And thirdly, it's based on the idea that there are some things we can do to that end. Now, just to be really clear, our salvation, right, being reconciled to God, being forgiven of our sins, born again, stepping over the line, our salvation is a work of God. It it pivots around the finished work of Jesus Christ. We don't add to that. We don't have to add to that. We can't add to that. Like our best efforts are filthy rags, right? We cannot do what needs to be done uh, in order to merit God's favor. That's not the gospel. God doesn't love us because we're good. God is good and loving and he loves us. And so um, our salvation is by grace through faith not a result of our going to prayer meetings or, or, or showing up and serving or any of the things that we do. However, our sanctification, which is the theological word for getting better, our sanctification is, is a joint partnership with God. Augustine famously said, we can't do it on our own. God won't do it on his own. It's a joint arrangement. And so uh, there are things that we are called to do. Scripture is full of passages that say we're to discipline ourselves for godliness. We're to work out our salvation. We're to press on towards the goal for the prize. So there, there, is, there are things that we do to position ourselves So that God will change our heart and we become more of the people we want to be. So the question is, what are those things that we can do? And that's what we've been looking at. And last week I talked about confession, which is essentially uh, agreeing with God about where we are. it's uh, it's, It's sort of the gut check that says, okay, yeah, I... I, I, am gonna, I am going to agree with God's assessment of me. And I talked about three different kinds of confession. A confession that leads to faith. When we initially say, okay, I am in fact broken. I do have sin. I do need God's grace and mercy in my life. And I'm going to call out for that. I'm going to own my sin. And I'm going to ask Christ to forgive me of my sin. I'm going I'm to bank on Jesus. So there's an initial confession, and then I talked about a a second confession, which could be a second, third, fourth, uh, it could be a hundred times, in which we sort of clear the board again, where we sort of own some things that perhaps we've been burying or lying about, maybe even to ourselves about who we are or what's going on. And we confess, we confess to God or we confess to some other person, and I hope That if you recognize that you are stuck in some area with some person, some issue or event, that you have confessed. There is a a way forward. Confess to God. Confess to another person. I hope that you have the kind of friend and, and spiritual mentor in your small group somewhere that you can go to when you're struggling and say, I'm struggling in this area and I need I need God's forgiveness and I need encouragement and I need accountability and I need help and they would say I'm there. The grace of God is bigger than your sin. I'm I'm there and you you walk away understanding this person knows the worst about me and loves me. It is it is it is so freeing to be in that setting. So we talked about a secondary kind of confession and then a, a, a finally we talked about a posture of confession or humility and sort of the ongoing cadence of of praying prayers like the Lord's prayer in which we acknowledge again that we are we have sinned forgive us our debts forgive us our trespasses our sin forgive us for the things that we have done wrong where we invite the spirit of God to help us see our see ourselves see the log in our own eye not the speck in other people's eye so we started by looking at confession. Today I want to talk about prayer which I suspect is not a s- surprise right that one of the ways forward would be that we pray that we enter into more thoughtfully into a time of communication with God in which we are in which we are we are coming before him in which we are listening in which we are we are we are sharing our heart and we're and we're being encouraged and guided by him. I suspect that over the course, this is an eight-week series, I suspect that over the course of the eight weeks, some of the things that I say are are part of the way forward will surprise you. Uh, I am leaving later today to go to Germany. It's the Reformation, the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation is later this month, and there's all kinds of historical uh, uh, events and lectures and Luther studies and other things. And I'm going over there, and then hopefully, um, I've got some visa issues, but I'm hoping to get into Turkey and look and meet with our mission partners over there doing work among refugees in Istanbul. But, but when I come back, uh, I'm going to talk about Luther, and one of the things that Luther, I think, does a great job modeling. Uh, Luther's a complicated guy crazy a little uh, yeah some of the things that he did are a little uh, scandalous but one of the things that I love about Luther was a was a drive a grit a tenacity a, a, a commitment a courage and obedience that uh, he preserves so well the understanding that we are saved by grace through faith one of the one of the five soul is one of the five big takeaways of the reformation is that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone and christ alone he preserves and protects that at the same time he says like you you gotta get out of the pew you gotta you gotta engage you gotta you gotta do some things and you gotta keep getting after it you gotta when you fail you gotta get back up and you gotta pursue god and so there may be some things that i say that will surprise you i don't suspect that talking about prayer is uh, a surprise. It's such a big part of of following Christ and of being being a disciple. I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect that that prayer is either commented on or uh, assumed, or there are prayers in every book of the Bible. It is... uh, it, it is a prevailing theme i 've been a christ follower for close to forty years now, so I probably haven 't read forty books on prayer, but I probably bought forty books on prayer and i 've read a bunch of them and i've probably read five hundred articles on prayer and i 've probably been to a uh, thousand prayer meetings and i' probably prayed tens of thousands of times uh, so the challenge in a in a talk on prayer is not how to fill thirty minutes it 's how uh to narrow down to just a, a few things and uh, so i, I a while back when I started working on this, I went to my files and I pulled out files about the you know about this many files out of my file drawer that were on prayer and I got a cup of coffee and I set them on the table and I just started flipping through all these files and it's it's uh Old sermons, other people have preached. It's sermons I've preached. It's Bible studies on prayer. It's articles on prayer. It's prayers. It is just all this stuff, and I'm just sort of filtering through this, praying. Okay, God, so something. <laughs> I just need a little bit, uh, and and I'm overwhelmed by what's there. I, so. After an hour, it sort of became obvious that 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 everything I had could be grouped in a handful of categories. There's a whole bunch about uh, a whole bunch in the Bible and a whole bunch in articles and other things trying to motivate us to pray. So there's there's the the commands of Jesus and of Paul, you know, to tell it to just say pray. Right? Sometimes it's an imperative. It's there's it's just a command. Pray. You need to pray. So we've got commands, we've got uh, promises of, of God listening if we pray, we've got stories of people praying and re- remarkable, miraculous things happening. There's all this stuff that's sort of designed to motivate us, one way or the other, to pray. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that would fall under what I'll say are the mechanics of prayer. How to pray, when to pray, where to pray, how to structure your prayer, uh, how to fast and pray, how to pray through scripture, how to use the psalms to pray, how to listen, how to invite the Spirit of God to guide you in your prayer. There's all kinds of, of like practical mechanical things about prayer. So I, I went to uh Sherry, my wife, and whose prayer life I admire as much as anybody's, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak on prayer, and I'm trying to get a, maybe a book. And she said, stop, no, no. Do not recommend a book on prayer. If people are interested in prayer, tell them to pray. Do not tell them to read a book on prayer. Tell them to pray. I said, okay, well, why don't you write something ever so brief to coach people on how to spend extended periods of time in prayer? And uh, she did that, and I posted it on my blog, and there's just counsel about how, how to, if, you're, if you have gotten used to spending two minutes in prayer, how to spend ten minutes in prayer. And if you're spending ten minutes in prayer, maybe how to spend an hour in prayer, or how to spend the morning in prayer. So, so that's on my blog, and there's sort of talk about the mechanics of prayer. Uh, there's another whole section in the, the files about the mystery of prayer. Like what is happening and how is the Spirit of God, as Paul writes about in Romans 8, interceding on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. And what what is, is God changing things because of our prayers? Is God changing our heart in prayer? What do we do when prayers aren't being answered? Sort of trying to unpack the mystery of prayer. And then there was a whole bunch in there that was just, just prayers. Uh, Early on in my faith, I thought that reading other people's prayers was a bad idea. Uh, I now see that it can be a great idea. There can be a lot of depth and wisdom to sort of look at some of these prayers and to use them to guide my own prayer life. So there's all this stuff in this, um, and I was overwhelmed. So I set it aside. I made it through about 20% of it. I set it aside, and I said, okay. I'm going to share three quick ideas and then we're going to pray. So that's what I want to do. I want to to leave you with three things that I hope are positively uh, disruptive ideas to you and then we're going to pray. So the first thing um, that I want you to understand is that prayer is an opportunity, not an obligation. And... It is a remarkable opportunity. And I would like to go so far as to suggest that you should ask yourself, who am I that I get to pray? Like, who am I? Who are you that you get to pray? That you get to come into the presence of God who will listen who are you? Who am I that we would get that privilege? Right, if, I, if I said to you, hey, you know what? I, I, I got an uh, interesting opportunity and I named some world leader or, you know, iconic uh, celebrity or, or all-star athlete or wealthy philanthropist. Hey, I got a meeting tomorrow, at, you know, with them. You want to come along? Probably if you could, you'd say, yeah, that'd be great. All right? Well, okay that that's nothing compared to hey, you want to spend time with the Creator of heaven and earth. He would spend time with you, and who are you and who am I that God would spend time with us? Right, we tend to think of prayer as um, as an obligation it's sort of like uh you know ab exercises or uh you know checking the air pressure in our tire it's a good thing to do, uh but it it sort of doesn't um it doesn't happen. It's in, it's in the important but not urgent camp. So when I was looking at these files, in addition to sort of seeing how they broke out, I was struck by a couple things. I was, first of all, struck by how much of the stuff I had in my files that was defending prayer, because culture has shifted. So 25, 30 years ago, it was a much more rationalistic time and uh, it's not that way today. So, today, people who are not Christian are often would describe themselves as spiritual. And so they're wishing good thoughts, right? If you share something, something bad or something, you know, a struggle, they go, I'm going to send good thoughts your way, right? Okay. Uh, it's a very different climate than 30 years ago. So, there was a lot trying to defend the idea of the supernatural. All that's sort of gone. I was also struck by how much my prayers have changed over the last thirty years. when I look at early prayers uh, prayer lists or journals and things like that, I go, "Wow, Freud would have fun with this list like it's it's a it's sort of a cross section of greed and uh and fear you know I, that's what I'm looking at here and Prayer. I, I don't want to suggest that we don't ask God for things in prayer. Or that I don't ask God for things in prayer. I certainly do. But um, the goal sort of shifts to I. I want. I don't want things from God as much as I want God. I, I think that's that's sort of Paul's <laughs> admonition, right? That what we what we want is to be with God. So there were, those, there were those sort of ahas looking at this, and there were some others. But the biggest one, perhaps, was how much time pastors and Christian leaders and others spend trying to get people how to, to pray. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to say, hey, it's an opportunity you don't want to miss. But if you don't want to pray, right, I, I'm not holding a gun to your head. Uh, so, uh, just understand, this is an incredible opportunity. Nothing like an ab workout. Right? This is an opportunity for you to be with God. Secondly, it's hard. Now, there are times when it's easy, wonderful, tra- you know, transcendent, coming into the presence of God, joy. There are times like that. But most of the time, for me anyway, it's hard. It's work. It's, it, it takes discipline to, to persevere in prayer, to be quiet and calm my mind and listen, to, to remember all the things that I should be praying for. I, I think it's safe to say there is not a convenient time in this culture for us to pray. There's always something, right? I mean, this is my alarm clock. Probably yours looks something like this as well. And when you pick it up, you say, uh, oh, I could check the weather. Uh, Who won the game last night? Uh, Siri, how many meetings do I have? Right, I mean, and you can just head right down a completely different path than being in the presence of God and contemplative. And we've got, you know, we got every kind of diversion and distraction out there. So... It is arguably harder today to find time to pray than it has been in the past. But don't kid yourself, it's never been convenient or easy. So I went looking, and uh, I I, I, sort of on a hunch, I went looking at the word early in Scripture. And uh, Genesis 19, Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he would stand before God. Psalm 5 Early in the morning. Lord, will you hear my voice? Psalm 119, I will rise early before the dawn to cry for help. Mark 1, Luke 5 says Jesus would awoke early before the crowds were there in order to sneak out and spend time with God. It doesn't have to be early. I'm not a morning person. Okay. But it, my point is it's never been easy, and it's always going to be in this category of important, but not necessarily urgent so you're gonna have to make it a priority you you're gonna have to work for this to happen and uh, I, I want to encourage you to work for this to happen uh, I've talked in the past about 10 plus ten you know you don't have to you don't have to secure a, another two hours God bless you if you do but uh, 10 plus 10 ten minutes of reading the Bible and 10 minutes of prayer every day uh, I, I It doesn't strike me as an extravagant request. Ten minutes of reading the Bible, ten minutes of praying is a transformative activity. And, uh, you know, you can do that. If you're doing more, great. Don't back up. But uh, I think that that's a good entry place. There are also prayer meetings uh, that we have. That you can attend during the week and uh, on Sunday mornings, all the campuses, before the services, there, there are gatherings for prayer. So uh, you have to sort of plan for this. One of the radical things you, that might really affect your prayer life, one of the most radical things you could perhaps do to affect your prayer life, go to bed earlier so that you can get up and pray, right? Right? You turn off the TV, Fallon or Leno or Sports Center or whatever it is, because you say, right? So, this is actually going to replace that. So, it will be, uh, there's a cost there. Number three, final point avoid shallow puddles. This is uh, C.S. Lewis language. Uh, Lewis said, when it comes to prayer, you want to avoid shallow puddles, which he then described as, quote, vanilla platitudes and churchy cliches. And you want, to, you want to see that you're, you're growing in your prayer. And you, that, that you, there's, a, there's a depth and a resonance that begins to emerge as you figure out how to get better in prayer. And you can do this in a bunch of different ways. You can uh, you can find someone to mentor you in prayer, someone who who seems to have a, a strong and passionate prayer life. You could uh, you could ask somebody to be your prayer partner. You could use the Book of Common Prayer and read prayers and see how those go. You could pray Scripture, right? So there's there's just a variety of things to do. And what I want to what I want to do to sort of bring this home is I want to pray. Uh, the Lord's Prayer. I want to use the Lord's Prayer as an example uh, of how you could pray Scripture. So when we were in the Luke study uh, a couple years ago, we came to a passage on prayer, and I said, instead of preaching on prayer, we designed the service to be about prayer. So we sort of followed the Acts mnemonic. We had a time of Uh, of praise, adoration for about 10 minutes, and then we move to confession, uh, private and corporate, and then T for thanksgiving, so you praise God, you adore God for who he is, you thank God for what he's done, so A, C, T, and then S, a little bit of a strain on the S, it's supplication, a word we probably wouldn't use, but it means requests, right, so we we had a service that was designed around that, so uh, we're not going to do that, but what I want to do is I want, us, I, I want to model praying scripture for you. So I'm going to invite the uh, musicians to come up, um, and I'm going to tell you a story to set this up. So about um, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, a friend of mine called me, and he said, I was just at the most amazing staff meeting." I was like, really? Like, who's excited about a staff meeting? He's on, he was on staff at a church, and I said, well, do tell. What, what made it amazing? And he said, well, and he was, this was a large church, and he said that the, it wasn't a senior pastor, but it was a, a guy that I, I happened to know. said he expressed that he was very frustrated with the prayer life of the staff. And he said, uh, you know, we, I've, I've given you books, I've, I've taught classes, I've done everything. I don't know what else to do, so I am now telling you, you have to come in tomorrow morning early, and you are going to watch me have my devotional time. So he said, so we showed up early, and he says, we went into this room. I, I get the impression there was a half dozen, maybe 10, 12 of them. And they went into this room, and he said, um, it was It was quiet. And he was sitting in the back uh, with his chair turned to the wall. And uh, it was dark except for one light. And he said, so we sort of filed in one at a time. And uh, we ended up uh, being quiet. It just seemed like, you know, you, you, this was not a time to talk. So we're quiet. And he says, and we're quiet for about uh, about 10 minutes and uh, he says, the guy's just reading. He's got his back to us, and he's reading. And he goes, I'm a little miffed, like, seriously, you got me up early so I could just sit here and watch you read? He says, but after about 10 minutes, he said he, uh, he sort of closed the Bible and he put his head down, and then uh, a little while later, he got, got out of his chair, got down on his knees and opened up the Bible, and he started praying through Scripture. And he says, and then he, he grew a little bit more, uh, agitated and he started getting up and pacing and he says and then he was praying for us and he says and it was just like he was he's wrestling with God and he's calling out for God to intercede and he says and it became this like oh my goodness what are we doing in this room this is this is overwhelming this is this is uh it's too private we shouldn't be here it's a little horrifying it's a little uh it's inspiring but it was like Over the top. So uh, he said then he finished after, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes he finished and walked out of the room and didn't say anything to him. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, I know the guy. He's intense. That's not my personality. And that would not reflect also what my morning times look like anyway. But I do want to model praying scripture. And uh, we're going to use the Lord's Prayer because when the disciples asked um, Jesus to teach them how to pray, this is the prayer that he went to. And you could use the Psalms, you could use a whole bunch of other things, but we're going to do that. And this is not, um, this is not a show, right? I, I want you to pray with me, but I want you to hear praying scripture. So... We're going to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven. Father God. Abba Father. Dad. It's me. Thank you for thank you for meeting with me again I need to I need to understand in a bigger way today that I'm your child I want um, I want my image, I want my self image to be shaped by the fact that you are my father, that you know me, that you know my name I I, want to be I want to be defined that way i want to make you proud i want to be like a like a like a little boy that can run and jump into the arms of his father and bring you joy our father who art in heaven heavenly father help me remember that i'm not praying my father that um I'm part of a family, that I'm part of a community, that I'm part of a neighborhood, I'm part of a church, and uh, all these people matter to you, and I, I need to see these people, I need to stop being so Western and individualistic, I need to understand that I come before you with others help me to see others help me to help me to see them like you see them help me to see myself in the context of others help me to see their needs father god our father who art in heaven lord god i i need glimpse of heaven. I need to be reminded to look up and to remember that you are sovereign over heaven and earth and that heaven is more real than this life and that that no matter what happens today, no matter what kind of problems, no matter what kind of setbacks, no matter what kind of struggles I have, nothing in heaven changes. You are the sovereign king of the universe on your throne. Christ is at your right hand. And, and that changes everything. Help me live today in light of eternity. Help me be shaped by the fact that you rule and reign over heaven. Our Father, Abba Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord God, hallow your name. Glorify yourself. Exalt yourself. Exalt yourself in me, lift up your name, draw people to yourself. May, may your glory explode today at Christ Church, in my life, in our family. Glorify yourself, Lord God. Hallow your name. Thy kingdom come. Father, I am I am so tired of the kingdoms of man. All the promises, all the fighting, all the, all the noise, all the ugliness. I am so tired of the kingdoms of man. We want your kingdom, Lord God. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Bring your kingdom. I, we want, a, I want a kingdom of grace and love and mercy and hope of justice and compassion. Bring your kingdom, thy kingdom come. Help me be part of seeing your kingdom come in my life and through Christ's church and in our family. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I confess that what I generally want is my will, not yours. I need to be reminded that your will is better. I want your will. I do. I want this kingdom that works, a kingdom of light and hope and love and not the kingdom here. So I know it is about your will. Lord, make your will clear to me. Help me walk in your will. We want your will to come. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, I, here I confess again that I don't simply want today's bread. I want a whole lot more, and I want it well into the future. I, I want provision for the next 20 years. So I confess that, but I thank you for providing for me. I thank you for providing for my family. I thank you for providing not just food, but providing a, a dry house on a, on a rainy day. I thank you for providing work and for providing so many other things. Father, help me remember today that there are people who are desperate for food and desperate for medicine and desperate for a place to stay and desperate for provision for their kids. Help your church be part of providing that. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us uh, our debts. Forgive me of my sin as I work to forgive others. Father, I confess my broken heart, my sinful heart, pride and lust and greed and anger and a lack of faith. Forgive me of my sin and my debt, and my trespasses, and and make me like you. I want to be like I want you to be. I want to I want to learn to treat others with an open hand, to be gracious, to be merciful, to be kind, to be forgiving, to be encouraging. I want to um, I want to forgive them. In the same way that you forgive me. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Father, I, I pray for your protection. pray for your protection for my family. I pray for your protection for them from all kinds of trouble and trial. I pray for uh, protection from myself. Father, I am very capable of doing stupid things. Keep temptation away from me. And keep evil away from me. Help me be wise to the attacks of the evil one. And to see these things for what they are.